Peace, misfits. This is a very special episode of THS for me, as it celebrates three years since I packed up my entire life and moved to Atlanta. Right now, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, and while I celebrate this milestone for myself, my prayers, love, and light remain with each and every one of you in the misfit universe. So this week, I not only want to celebrate my journey here in ATL, but I want to continue providing a space for all of you to escape. So the music continues. Allow yourself to relax. If you can, close your eyes. Inhale deep for me. And now exhale deep. Do not focus on what was nor what will be. Instead, be here with me now in this moment. Now let's start by meditating to the lo-fi sounds of Two North with the song Far From Home. feeling. Take a moment to check in with yourself if you haven't already today. Pause this if you need to. How are you? Don't be afraid to ask yourself, how am I? More importantly, don't be afraid to answer honestly. And with that, let's start the show. And let's get healed. Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast 
geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo. What's up, Misfit Universe? We are back again for the second week of April. And I'm actually surprised because, you know, I had kind of decided that the podcast was only going to go up once a month. I just wanted to do what felt right for me, you know. But in the age of uh, COVID, I don't know, my mind has gone somewhere different, especially with the inclusion of music. Just thinking of finding ways to bring joy to those who listen to the episodes really means a lot to me right now. So it doesn't feel like the kind of, you know, weight that I've had on other episodes, you know, episodes where I have to kind of think deep about the subject matter and things of that nature. It feels fun, honestly, to just do episodes all month long that are light, that aren't really heavy in thought, you know. Um, But we'll get to the reason why it's important to go deep in thought (laughs) in a few seconds. So this week's episode celebrates my three year anniversary of moving to Atlanta, which is a pretty major deal for me. But I won't explain now. I'll explain later on in the show when I talk about it. Uh, The theme to the music this week is all about lyrics. All the songs have lyrics, and I believe that a true lover of words will appreciate that. That goes back to what I just told you guys. I said in a couple of seconds I was going to talk about it. (laughs) So this is where I need for you all to think during this episode. When you're listening to the songs, I want you to actually hear the lyrics and listen to the words. Uh, I'm not going to give a rundown of the songs, not here or in the description. Uh, It seems to be, you know, a pretty uh, positive response from everyone from last week's episode. Uh, The DMs made me smile, especially because no one knew what songs to to look out for because I didn't put them in the description, Uh, as well as me posting them on Instagram and Facebook ended up getting more listeners, people who are friends of mine on social media, but had never listened to the podcast before. And when they heard the songs it made them want to listen to the podcast, so they're positives than I didn't even uh, intend on having. (laughs) So uh, we continue to exist in the time of COVID. So my goals continue to be, as I stated before, to keep the show light and fun. So for all of you who are listening, if there are any particular songs that you want to hear that you'd like for me to play, I can't promise that I will. (laughs) But I would love to hear some of the suggestions that you all have. And there's a possibility I could play them. I'm having a lot of fun doing this this, uh, healing DJing thing. (laughs) There will be no segment markers this week. And it's because, well, I'm not even going to have them this month. I just really want people to enjoy the journey, the experience. You know, what I named the COVID experiment last week. Um, I named it the COVID experiment because I'm experimenting with something very different that I've never done on the podcast during the um, pandemic of COVID-19. So, no markers. We may return back to them next month, but... There's a possibility I may be continuing on with this next month as well, because something tells me we're not going to be out of the woods just yet. I'd like for you all to please walk with me if you haven't already. Uh, The podcast can be found on every major podcast platform. That's Spotify, that's Apple Pod, that's SoundCloud, Overcast, Google Pod, Stitcher, and so many more. Uh, There's pretty much nowhere where you can't find the healing space now, and that's a blessing. 
Uh, you can also walk with me personally on social media, which is Scorpiogi, literally every platform. Scorpiogi, you'll find me everywhere. And for the podcast, you'll find THS everywhere, THS Podcast, on all platforms, with the exception of Twitter, which is underscore THS Podcast. Please make sure that you guys are writing reviews. It's been some time since someone actually wrote a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm saying that, and I don't think I've checked it in like two months. But <laughs> there was a point where we were getting people sending us stuff uh, a couple of times a, a month, but that has kind of died down on Apple. So it's probably because I haven't been asking people. So this is me asking for those of you who listen on Apple Podcast, please leave a review. It's greatly appreciated. Also, if you all are listening on SoundCloud, please leave comments, please like. Uh, if you really love the show, and shout out to those of you who do, there are people who promote us on Instagram and their stories. There are people who tweet about us, and I greatly, greatly appreciate that love. If you haven't done it yet, please do so. It's very important for us to get out this mental health podcast to more people. And the more you all are doing reviews, the more you're liking, loving, sharing, posting, the more uh, attention that we'll get on this podcast. Continuing to heal others. (laughs) So with that said, let's go into the check-in. And for the check-in, I want us to focus on the positives of COVID-19. Now, Before anyone who's listening gets up in arms about what it is that I just said, I like to see the positives in everything. And I've yet to be proven wrong. I can find a positive in absolutely anything that has taken place, anything historic that I know of. There's positives that can come from everything. Some people think that's a bunch of BS. Some people think that I'm off my rocker, but (laughs) I've yet to be able to not find a positive in everything. And I can find positives when it comes to COVID-19 as well. So these are my personal positives. I challenge you all to come up with your own positives for what has been taking place positively during the pandemic. Now, of course, we send love, light, and prayers out to everyone who is dealing with loss or maybe battling um coronavirus themselves of course absolutely so this is not diminishing any of what's going on on that side of things however as i've stated for this month and possibly next month i want to focus on keeping everybody light and in a positive place we are constantly receiving news of deaths and more people with cases of the coronavirus on a day-to-day basis damn near by the second so if we have an opportunity to have an escape, I want to be one of the people who are providing for providing that for people. So my positives, first of all, and my friends in Baltimore will understand this out of clear blue nowhere, Atlanta finally has Uts red hot potato chips every damn way. <laughs> now, my friends from Baltimore probably fell out laughing the minute I said that because it's like that's the positive that you start out with. But trust me, misfits, anyone who knows me like When I say that I love Utz Red Hot Potato Chips, I've had birthdays where, now mind you, it wasn't the only gift they they got me, but this is why it's always said that it's, it means more when you receive a gift that is specifically for you instead of something that somebody wants that's like, you know, flashy, like somebody gets you some big expensive present. The ones that really mean the most are the ones that show how well you know the person. And my two co-hosts for the healing space, 
um, not the healing space, for storytellers, my open mic that I used to host in Baltimore, there was like one or two years where like they knew that I was really big into caramello bars and red hot potato chips. So they got me all of these bags of potato chips and caramello bars before giving me their bigger gifts. And it meant so much to me. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. So when I first moved to Atlanta, I don't know, like I felt like it was like it felt like a conspiracy because I've lived in several different areas of Atlanta. Um, I started out here in Chambly for those who are familiar with the um, Atlanta area. And like I would go to grocery stores when I first moved here and I would find every neighborhood I lived in, they would have Red Hots. No lie. Within a matter of a month or two, gone off the shelves and never came back. God's honest truth. This happened when I lived in Chambly, when I lived in Duluth, when I first moved to where I am now, like gone. Then out of nowhere, the minute COVID hit, like the minute it hit, suddenly they're in all the stores. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what suddenly changed, but the minute everyone needed to stay in their homes, I find the chips everywhere. So at this point, I'm like, oh, God, does this mean that once we have the, the cure, that the chips are going to are going to fade away again? Because it reached the point where I was ready and I hadn't done it yet. So clearly, you know, I wasn't too serious about getting the chips, but I was ready to purchase them on Amazon. But they were pretty expensive. Like you had to get a like a box or something of a lot of them. And I was like, I love Red Hot's True, but I'm not trying to pay y'all like $30. to get. It's not that serious. Um, <laughs> but here we are. So there's a part of me that wants to stack up because, and I know it's so not a healthy thing. These potato chips, I should not be scoffing them down the way that I have. But I've missed them so much, y'all don't understand. We're going to talk about fitness a little later on, and it's going to have to show up in my life big time. So that's one. Okay, one positive. The next, for those who live in Atlanta, actually all over the world, I'm assuming, especially in cities like Atlanta, New York, and California. Well, I said cities. Those are, wow. Two of those places were states. Um, anyway, <laughs> for those who are in Georgia, New York State, and California, I'm fairly certain that we're all, you know, enjoy, well, for those who are outside. I keep stopping myself because I'm having to correct myself. I, being an essential worker, have to be outside. There are many people who aren't experiencing traffic. Did I, had I even said that yet? Real quick, misfits. My friends who are listening are probably laughing again because I have a horrible tendency to go into the middle of a topic <laughs> before actually talking about the point first. So I do that with my friends and my coworkers too. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? Like you completely missed the, the explaining to us the point that you're talking about. So my bad. The purpose of what I'm saying now for number two is that traffic is pretty much non-existent. And I'm sure in a lot of major cities around the country, those of us who are essential workers who are out traveling are finding it very easy to get around. There's very little traffic. Uh, and so I'm I'm thankful for that. The funny thing is for me, though, when I'm going to campus, the way that I go every morning, there's never traffic. So that doesn't really hit me. But there have been instances, you know, like last week I had to take one of my kids to um, the emergency room. 
and usually going downtown, it's like, okay, you're gonna sit there for, you know, at least 15 minutes attempting to get through. And that's being generous, getting through downtown traffic just to get, you know, two exits up. Nothing doesn't exist right now. You can go everywhere you want and it's just smooth. So loving that. Another positive, movies are coming to streaming faster. So I believe I talked about Onward last week. And Onward was just in theaters, what was that? The beginning of March, I believe? And it's already on Disney Plus. Positives. And um, they were talking about how, uh, what is it, Tro Trolls World Tour or something like that? I have no desire to see it. But it made a lot of history. It came out last week and made a lot of history. So I believe that it's, it's gonna change the game. You know, even though I don't foresee theaters going away it's definitely going to make a big impact and i think that's happening across the board right now when it, it comes to technology you know and people when it comes to jobs and i mean there are positives and negatives of it on one hand there are negatives in the sense that companies could feel as though a lot of their human employees are replaceable when it comes to using um uh, artificial intelligence in its way you know and instead of using people it just use machines uh and then when it comes to well so that's a negative a positive is that people will finally understand that you've said that people can't work from home but actually they can and they can be just as productive if not more so you know like i know for me working at my job uh it's definitely far easier for me working at home you know uh, so today, Wednesday, when I'm actually recording this, is the anniversary of uh, me moving to Atlanta. Duh, I said that earlier. But <laughs> I am working from home. And this is definitely far better. Now, of course, I love being there on campus with my kids and working with them. But it makes it very difficult to write down my notes about each session that I have with them. Because I'm constantly being bombarded by them and their need for things so being able to work home work from home provides me with an opportunity to not only communicate with them via you know zoom or whatsapp or something like that but to also be able to get my notes done without interruption so i'm hoping i'm hoping that across the country people are understanding the need for people to be able to work from home it's very very important uh let's see um, what else is there? The next thing is uh, my dad and I, we talk every single day now, every day. Now, my mom and I have always had a pretty consistent um, communication between the two of us. We talk either on the phone or on Marco Polo pretty much weekly. Um, we do Marco Polo, my mom and I, maybe every other day. We talk on the phone maybe once a week. My dad and I, we could go like a smooth month <laughs> and not talk to each other. We talk every day. The minute this pandemic hit and my father couldn't really go anywhere anymore. And now my father is somebody who's on the go. I believe I've talked about it on the podcast before. My father is a recovering addict and he travels the country seeking to heal others. He's been clean for, I believe, 22 years now. And so he travels the country speaking to others, you know, looking to empower other people to live the life that he's living. And so he's used to constantly being on the go. And I'm assuming 
that's played a part in the reason why our communication was so sporadic but now every day every single day so i consider that to be a huge positive so okay what is the next thing the next thing is okay stimulus checks now for me it's definitely a blessing i definitely appreciate receiving it however i'm talking more so about my friends who are you know in in between jobs right now and how much it is helping them out and i think that that's a beautiful positive you know and i was thinking about that because i was like okay these are supposed to be my own personal positives but i wanted to mention that because i mean i'm receiving it too so it's not like it isn't personal but i'm more i'm more so happy for them i think that it's it's awesome i have friends who are furloughed right now so not just people who don't have jobs at all who are looking to become employed but friends who are furloughed and they're not necessarily sure where their money is going to be coming from this provides them with an opportunity to have you know a brief exhale at least now they've stated that there's a possibility they may be sending a bill for a second stimulus which i personally think is going to be needed because as i stated earlier i don't foresee us coming out of this in may and people are going to need it again you know so i'm hoping that this takes place but i i sat back and, and for years i would hear the government talk about how they spent a trillion dollars on this or a trillion dollars on that and when i'm sitting there listening to this i'm like is no one else paying attention to the amount of money that we're spending on things seriously <laughs> so i'm sitting here now watching everything that's taking place in the world you know companies that are saying to you know um their customers here's what we're not going to charge you you know if you can show proof take your time because we got you on this and i'm like these this country dude like <laughs> it's really showing you that companies can survive now mind you small businesses is a different story but a lot of these major corporations the amount of money that they charge us on a monthly basis we're seeing is kind of unnecessary because of what they're uh, they're able to let slide by even when it comes to the month of may it looks as though they're going to be able to let people you know as long as you show proof so it's making you sit back and think to yourself you can give 1200 to every adult you know and it's like what's happening what's there there are a lot of questions that are being posed and I really don't think our world is going to look the same after this is done and over with. I really don't. The next is Zoom and Marco meetings and groups. So I've been using Zoom since around this time last year. I was introduced to it when I started doing work with Yoga Alliance. However, after COVID struck, everyone's using it everyone is using it <laughs> it's it's serious it really is but it's helping a lot it's helping me to keep in contact with my um with my young adults at my job on campus but it's also bringing a lot of people together as well like this past friday um my friend mike who's been on the the podcast michael ward uh he held an event um celebrating the 20th anniversary of a movie called punks by Patrick Ian Polk. So he and a friend of his hosted this event that was on Zoom. It was close to, I believe, 400 of us inside of this Zoom event. And we all watched it and Patrick was actually in there with us. And after it was over, he talked about like maybe, he talked for maybe 45 minutes to an hour. 
And it was awesome. It was really wonderful, all of us being in that space. So much positivity, like there was a lot of love. I was reading a lot of the comments while the movie was going on and I don't remember there being any shade that was being thrown. Beautiful, you know? Like, and now mind you, I can't say that everyone in there was queer, but for the majority, these were black queer men in a space full of positivity and showing love towards a film. It was, it was magnificent, you know? And my best friend, Brandon, who I tried to get on Marco for years, um, finally got on. He and his husband, pretty close to when everything first started, once no one was able to go outside, they hopped on Marco. And so we have Marco groups on there. Um, we go, we'll go on to Zoom and we'll have like Zoom parties and stuff like that. And it's just really cool. It's uh, I call them the the New York gays. Um, everybody who's in the uh, in the Zoom party group, and it's just really cool. We have so much fun together. Like when I say serious creatives, it would take too long to talk about all of the things we do in the groups. But like true artists, true artists, and they're all amazing. Um, so yeah, so these are the things. These are some of the things that have taken place with Zoom and uh, Marco since COVID hit. And I consider them to be definite positives. Now, fitness goals. <laughs> I am slacking big time. However, the positive is, is that I feel myself doing more than I was before this hit. You know, like I'm noticing that I'm not eating healthy at all. However, yesterday I went to the grocery store and made sure that everything I picked up actually was, you know, so that was a positive. Um, absolutely. As well as, uh, I was able to, um, started teaching yoga. I did a yoga group class, which is, you know, I'm with some of those people, they hadn't taken a class with me before. So I needed to be able to show them moves, which had me no longer being the teacher who could just sit down and talk through. I had to start doing the poses again. So earlier this year, I was really getting back there again, but I started to slack once more. This offers me an opportunity to get my ass out there and start up. <laughs> so the universe is showing up in ways like, dude, we're pushing you out there. Start getting fit again because I know what my body looked like and I know what my body looks like now. Now, I'm not shaming myself. I, I believe that I still look pretty nice. However, the reality is, is that I do think I'm out of shape. Me personally. Other people could say not so much, but I believe I'm out of shape. So here's an opportunity for me to really get back into my fitness the way I need to and prove to myself what I've proved to all of my uh, students and clients, which is you can work out at home. Don't use as, you know, use the excuse of you not going to a gym is a reason why, you know, you absolutely can. You can do that. So that is uh, fitness. And the last thing is this podcast. This podcast is an absolute positive for me during this time for what I stated earlier. It's allowed me to completely change up the format of the podcast. No, not completely. You know, I still have my 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 main um, areas like this, the check in and then culture of pop and the good news, those things. But being able to bring music into it and showing you all there's different ways to heal. You know, the beginning of the show what I'm considering to be a form of meditation is playing lo-fi music for people. 
and letting people have that as a relaxation and an opportunity for their inhales and exhales and breath techniques. Like, it's, it's just, it's positive. I'm loving it. I'm really, really loving it and enjoying this journey, you know? So those are my positives. Share with me what some of your positives are. You can hit me up on all of the uh, information that I provided you guys with earlier. Or if you want to comment, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, if comments are an option, leave a comment and let us know how you feel. What do you believe are some of the positives that you're experiencing during this unfortunate pandemic? And now let's get into our next song. Okay, so I can admit, this phenomenally amadamophis artist is someone who I've been aware of for years. However, flew under the radar as far as me owning anything by her. <laughs> However, when I had an opportunity to finally actually sit still and really listen to her music, my God. And all of my friends are like, dude, she's right down your alley. How is it that you were never into her? I don't know. All I know, better late than never. Better late than never. <laughs> this is Janelle Monet and Cold War. Enjoy. So you think I'm
So, I'd never actually watched the video for Cold War before, and when I had an opportunity to watch it before recording this, it really hit me. Like, it's a really simple video, you know? There's not a lot that's going on at all. The camera's pretty much only maybe from her collarbone up, but the way that she, that she emotes, like, and it's beautiful because, and I mean, I don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it before. Yeah, because no one ever gave it away for me and it kind of made it, it hit me a little bit more because of it. I'll just say this. I don't know if it was the director. I don't know if it was Janelle who made the decision to go with the version that they did, but it's beautiful because it was real and it was raw and I'll just leave it there. But yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful song. Please, if you, you know, just allowed yourself to jam out just now, that's awesome, but also go back and listen to the words. <laughs> so now let's get into the culture of pop. And I'm fairly certain that in the years that this podcast has been on, this will be the shortest cultural cult, culture of pop, take your time now, that I've ever done. So first, there's Modern Family. Modern Family came to an end last week. I don't know if I've even talked about Modern Family on the podcast before. However, it is one of the only shows that I've watched where I can say that there was never an episode I didn't laugh. Now, mind you, there are lots of episodes for me to see. I'm kind of like The Simpsons, where after a point I kind of dropped off. When Modern Family first started, I was on it. I think the first two seasons, I saw every single episode. <clears throat> then after that, I fell off. And the show was on for what? 10 years 11 years so there's a lot of seasons that i missed <laughs> but i would pop back in every now and then and whenever i did it was absolutely hilarious absolutely hilarious uh so i watched the last four episodes i binged all four and it was awesome like it's it's always sad you know to see a show go that's been on for a while but for me like i said for for me a sweet spot is six or seven seasons so to know that they went well beyond that is beautiful so that's a lot of good tv to be able to watch and then insecure finally returned after being gone forever Issa and donald glover are just like screw all of y'all we'll bring insecure and atlanta back whenever the hell we feel like it so it finally premiered this past Sunday, beautifully following Westworld. I was like, okay, HBO, you got me on Sundays. You got me. So Issa, who her character's name is Issa D, she's back along with her best friend, um, Yvonne Orgy, playing Molly Carter. You could kind of put that the other way around. Issa D, best friend, Molly Carter, played by <laughs> Yvonne Orgy. Uh, <laughs> Um, some things have changed. One positive is that Issa did not annoy me at all, at all in this episode. And it's almost impossible for Issa not to annoy me. I don't know why, but the main character of most TV shows usually is my least favorite character. Um, and I watched the first episode of last season of Insecure. And I swear, oh my goodness, like I can't stand the character of Issa. But on this episode, she didn't bother me at all. So as Kelly would say, played by Natasha Rothwell, <laughs> growth. <laughs> of course, you can't see my hand gestures. So you don't know what I just did. But go look up that, uh, that gif, that gif of Natasha Rothwell as Kelly, one of Issa and Molly's best friends. Um, speaking of which, she was on the episode as well. There was a, um, a black party that uh, Issa was holding and her partner in the block party 
was Condola, who was played by Christina Elmore, who we come to find out is the new girlfriend of Lawrence Walker, who was played by Jay Ellis. So this creates a very interesting storyline moving forward in the show because, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I like Condola, you know, just from one episode. I'm like, okay, she seems like she's pretty cool. So, and what I also like is that there was a good amount of time seeing she and Lawrence together, Condola and Lawrence, because it could have been one of those ones where it's just like, okay, you know, you see them maybe in a scene together and you know that she's the new girl and that's it. But no, they actually got screen time where it was just them and I also I always love that. I enjoy that a lot. Um, Molly, who even though in the first season I was just like, good lord, she is an emotional wreck. Um, <laughs> as the series has gone on, I've grown to dislike Issa more and actually like Molly more, even though Molly is often irrational. Very, very much so. Um, but I guess it's just her business drive. I think that's one of the things I've always appreciated about her. Um, her her drive is definitely something that I uh, appreciate about her character. But she is in an interesting space right now. Uh, the um, character of Andrew, played by Alexander Hodge, was introduced last season. Uh, he was the roommate of Nathan. However... From what I've read in an article, and I didn't know this, I believe they said Alexander Hodge is now a series regular, which was I was not aware of. So that's pretty cool, um, because at the very least, if things don't work out between he and Molly, and I don't know how many more seasons Issa plans to do this, um, Lord knows if she takes another two years off, the show will be on forever, with only like four seasons. But anyway... Um, it would be cool to be able to see, you know, if it didn't um, last with them, as a series regular, what more we'd be able to see from him, you know? Uh, I say that, and um, Tiffany Dubois, who was played by Amanda Seals, uh, her character, Amanda Seals, the character of Tiffany, and uh, Natasha Rothwell's character of Kelly were made series regulars, I believe, season, at the beginning of season three? You would have never known. You would have never known, which I think is so interesting because you look at... Um, you look at Insecure and you're just like, what an awesome space to be able to have more cast members to present an opportunity for growth in different directions and, you know, representation in different ways that would keep the, the audience interested and invested. This isn't just the Issa and Molly show, you know, and a great way to prove that is by, you know, putting more meat into some of these other characters, but it seems as though they have no desire to do it. So I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen because Tiffany's pregnant now. So Tiffany's pregnant. Um, Andrew is now a uh, series regular. So I'm looking to see if they finally decide, you know, because I would love for them to do what some other shows have done where they've made episodes just about the, the characters who weren't the quote unquote main characters, you know, just so that they can flesh them out a little bit more. I feel like we know next to nothing about Kelly seriously and that's kind of irritating because the show is in its fourth season why don't we know more about these people who have been on there from the very beginning you know and also speaking <laughs> speaking of characters who've been on there we feel like we know nothing about them jean Ely, um he plays amal who is Issa's little brother nothing about him we know nothing i feel like this episode the season i mean episode one of season four is the first time she actually flat out said he's gay 
Because for, for a minute, we were all wondering. We were like, we're fairly certain he's supposed to be gay, right? But just nothing. Nothing. I'm like, can we get some more for him too? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Do we enjoy the show? Yes, we absolutely enjoy Insecure. But, and I think the thing is, they, they, they sometimes make it seem like the audience is complaining too much, you know? Even though I didn't get into Sex and the City until after it was over with, I don't think a lot of people complained about the fact that it was a half hour show. Because when you watch Sex and the City, you felt full from the storylines, even though it was 30 minutes. But the reason why people complain so much about Insecure is because we genuinely are invested in the characters and we love the show. So that's why it's like there are all of these pieces that are missing. And as BHW and I've talked about in past episodes, it just feels like, and I mean, the truth is, because um, I was on, I was on an Insecure Live IG um, event that Issa Rae was doing from her home. So she was having different cast members on there. Um, she uh, she had Alexander Hodge on there. She had Jay Ellis. She had Yvonne Orji. All of them were on there. And I believe it was Yvonne, who was probably her closest friend on the cast, but even she made a joke about, you know, how everybody else is just kind of, you know, waiting around, doing their thing, while Issa's out here doing everything. But sure, we can wait for another season to come back. And I'm like, I'm glad that even the people who really care about her don't mind shooting that at her. Because it's the truth, you know? And I've long said I personally could watch a show with Molly as the lead on Insecure. That's just me. Um, I don't believe BHW agreed with me. There are probably quite a few who wouldn't agree. But I'm like, my thing is, if you remove Issa, there are so many other characters. And the interesting thing is, none of us have gotten to know the majority of them. So that's a whole bunch of storylines that we could work with, with characters that I'm actually interested in. I'm interested in everybody on that show. I really think it could survive without her. I don't know. I feel like she and Prentice are so focused on other things that making the show the best that it possibly could be isn't really a thing, you know? It's kind of like the door to get in. And I'm looking at it like at the end of the, like I was just talking about Modern Family. At the end of Modern Family, you could really see that they were a family, that there was a lot that took place in all of those years that the show was on. And you look at Insecure and I really feel like when the show ends, I can't imagine them having a moment where everyone, this is, this is just me, I don't see them having the final table read and anyone crying. I don't see it happening. And I'll go on record as that. I don't see anybody crying at the last table read. Because how can you do that when you take off a year here, two years there, like, Where's the closeness? We know what has already happened with Amanda Seals and other members of the cast and, you know, the crew behind the camera. Like, my thing is, is that how much of, how, how family are they? Or is this like, you know, we come there, we do our thing. It was good seeing you. You know, everything's all good. Now, mind you, the people who came on there with Issa on the live, they were tripping together. They were laughing and all that kind of stuff. But again, I don't really see it being emotional when the show ends. I just see it being like, okay, well, we all got each other's phone numbers. We're going to text. We're going to keep in contact. Bet. We're gone. And I think that sometimes the audience can feel that. And that's why we're left asking for more because we're like, there can be a lot more from this show. Yeah. I can't even say y'all are being lazy about it. You just don't give a shit. That's, you know, that's just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, glad to have it back. And I'm glad that there are 10 episodes. So let's see what they do with it.
And that is Culture of Pop. I told y'all. <laughs> this was going to be the shortest one yet. <laughs> so we're going to get into our next song. And this song, for me, like, I always liked the song. But as you all know, I host a wrestling podcast, which is called Wrestling While Black. And with me being the wrestling fan that I am, this song really hit when a wrestler by the name of CM Punk made it his theme music. And the song is called Cult of Personality. (laughs) And do your research, do your research on this group because this group is pretty important, especially when it comes to the black community. They were kind of ahead of their time in a way. And there are still many people who have absolutely no idea who they are. The band is called Living Color. The song, Cult of Personality. Check it out.
three years in Atlanta. So, as I often share with you misfits on here, some things I write down ahead of time so I can have a script. And then other times I just go off the top of my head. I'm often not a fan of going off the top of my head, but a lot of you who listen have often said that you like that the most. Uh, So I said I would just speak from the heart when it comes to this um, very important milestone for myself in being here in Atlanta for three years. Now, the, the most important reason why it is so special to me is because I, like three is major. (laughs) Uh, there's so many things that I've shared with you guys over the years here on the podcast but something that I don't know if I've ever shared with the misfit universe is that I have never been in a relationship over two and a half years for whatever reason my most significant relationships have all lasted two and a half years that that same amount and I have never lived outside of Maryland for longer than two and a half years I don't know what it has been with two and a half, but (laughs) for some reason, I've never been able to get over that hump until now. Being in Atlanta for three years is significant for me for that exact reason. Like, this is big. This is big for me, you know. And it also makes me hope that (laughs) if, if and when the universe decides that I am going to be in a uh, long-term relationship that I can get past this hump that I haven't been able to get over for years of the two and a half. Uh, But yeah, so that's the very first significant thing. Also, the fact that like I, I have a whole life down here. I really do. And I I arrived to Atlanta. I mean, I arrived in good spirits. I did, but I was a little messed up because the life that I planned for when I came down here, you know, the job, the apartment, all of those things fell through before I got here and that had never happened to me before. And in my journey of being in Atlanta, one of the most beautiful things have been the people who have shown up for me in the three years that I've been here. And as I celebrate my anniversary today, April 15th, 2020, three years I'm grateful for those people who kept me lifted because if they didn't keep me lifted, I don't know where I would be. I couch hopped my ass off, you know, and I don't know. People always feel the need to, you know, kind of defend themselves and say, you know, that they don't have any shame in saying things. So I kind of hate that I'm doing that right now because I'm always like, no one said you had shame. You, <laughs> There's no need to say it. But I do have to say that I have no shame in saying that I couch hopped. You know, amazing stories have come from amazing people (laughs) have come from hardships, you know, and especially at certain ages. I love seeing stories of celebrities who talk about when they reached a certain place in their career when others would have assumed that it wasn't supposed to happen. People who didn't become quote unquote famous until they were in their, you know, mid to late 30s, early 40s, some in their 50s. And I think about where I was when I came down to Atlanta and I don't desire to have any high type of high level of fame or notoriety, but, you know, just the idea that I wanted to make something more of myself while being in Atlanta. And when I arrived here, 
not having anything that was mine. You know, uh, when I was when I lived up north, I had a car. When I lived up north, I had my own home by myself. I had a well-paying job. You know, all of these things that I gave up because I needed a new adventure. Because I felt stuck in Baltimore. I didn't feel growth in Baltimore. I didn't know where I could possibly go in Baltimore. And the people who kept me lifted, that was one thing. You know, having the people down here in Atlanta who refused to see me fail. But then also the love that was poured into me from those that I love up north. Especially my father. Like, I keep hearing him in my head over and over again telling me that he wished that he had the courage that I have. I hear it all the time. In moments where I feel like I just can't make it, I hear my dad saying that he wishes that at my age he had the balls to do what it is that I've done. It it keeps me going. Hearing him say that in my head keeps me going, you know? Because I don't know, I just... I don't, I can't imagine myself in this, God knows, I need to make this very clear. This is no knock to anyone who is born and raised in a place and never leaves. That this is no knock whatsoever. But that is not my journey and I couldn't imagine it being my journey. There is such a world out here that I want to explore, you know, and I don't know. Like, my thing is, we don't know. We don't know when we're going to go. <laughs> and I don't believe in regret. I don't live in regret. So my thing is, get up and go. Get up and go and see what happens, you know? You can't allow fear to cripple you from experiencing life. And I'm huge on that, you know? If I wake up one morning and I say to myself, I feel like I'm done with my journey in Atlanta, then it's time to go, you know? Um, I forgot who it was who said to me, but they were like, take full advantage of the fact that you're not married and you don't have kids. There's nothing holding you back from going and living the best life that you want to live. You feel me? So that has been an am- amazing space to exist in where, I, I mean, on numerous occasions, I've just thought to myself, I want to give up. I want to move, you know, maybe if I go back up north, not necessarily to Baltimore, but just a little closer to my family. And I would just think about for at least for the past two decades, I've known people who couldn't survive Atlanta, who would have to move back for all types of reasons. I mean, even this year, like when I say that I constantly know people who have had to leave Atlanta and move back home, 2020, I know of someone who had to do that. You know, this is not an easy place to live. It is not. And I was told over and over by people that if you want a really well-paying job, it's all about who you know. Now, my job, you know, and I work in nonprofit, so I don't have to be, you know, I have to have any shame in saying this because anyone who works in in the nonprofit area knows this. I do not get paid anywhere near the amount of money that I was making in Baltimore. (laughs) And... My thing is, is that I, I'm still here because I love what it is that I do. You know, I love what I do. And I had somebody who I knew because I refuse to believe it. Everyone's like, it's all about who you know. And I'm like, whatever. Sure. If you say so. Determined I was going to get my job by myself. Somebody who I know brought this blessing into my lap, you know, and here I am. And like I said, you know, I, it's. 
it's definitely not about the money. <laughs> it is absolutely about the purpose and living and walking in your purpose. And it has been an amazing feeling to be down here, you know, sleeping on couches, you know, using Uber to get everywhere and giving thanks for the amount of money that I was making off of all of the yoga students that I've had, you know, and we have ups and downs. We have ups and downs. My yoga students, like my clients has drastically lowered, has drastically lowered. I mean, like severely. And I had a, um, and I mean, like it's been dark. I've had absolute dark moments. Like last week I had a, um, one of the group yoga classes that I taught, all of these people who were supposed to show up, all of these people was online, it was Zoom. All of these people were gonna show up and I, like eight or more people, all canceled on me within an hour or two of the class starting. And that shit hurt, you know? Especially when something's your passion and you really love it. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this has been my story in Atlanta, you know? Like, it, ooh, it's, it has been so frustrating, genuinely, where, you know, in New York, I felt like I could thrive. In in Baltimore, D.C., you know, these places, I feel like I could thrive. And down here, it's just like, dude, finding people who keep you lifted, like, I, and it's funny because, you know, you, you ask yourself, you're like, okay, well, God showed up for that particular chapter of my life when I really needed people. Now that I'm on my feet and doing what it is that I need to do, and then you pause. And you pause because you say to yourself, let's stop focusing on that. Let's stop focusing on things like that class. Let's stop focusing on all of the yogis who I was so excited to meet when I get when I when I arrived in Atlanta and all of the horror stories that I've had with the black yogis and yoginis that I've met here. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on my friends who I am blessed to still have with me and I'm still with them, you know? Cuz it's not just about talking about the story of how people have shown up for me. I have lots of friends who aren't from Atlanta who live here. And all they were searching for was community as well. And I'm blessed that I could be that for them too. You know? Let's focus on the friendships that I still have. The people who are still around me and I around them. The people who, you know, we make time for each other no matter what. Where a simple Marco or text is enough, you know? Where it's like life isn't so busy that I can't just reach out to say hi. You feel me? Those are the people that I want to start celebrating because it does nothing for me to constantly keep looking back and saying to myself, I've had really bad experiences in the yoga community in Atlanta. You know, it does nothing for me. After a while, I get tired of telling those stories because it's like, okay, so that's what it was that you had happen. Let's figure out how we're going to have a more positive experience with yogis and yoginis here in Atlanta, you know? And so you have to begin to move forward in that. Give thanks for the people who keep in contact with you and you keep in contact with them. People who you know, like it doesn't take a lot just to let somebody know I'm checking on you. Let's give thanks for them. Absolutely, you know? And so that that's where I am right now. I am 
thankful for my experiences down here because I don't know if I would if I would be where I am when it comes to mental health. Meaning my my knowledge, not only of the field, but also of myself. I don't know if this would have happened if I still lived up north. You know? Working for the organization that I work for, working with the young adults that I work for is totally different from when I was a life coach up north with my own clients, you know, adults, older people, than it is working with teenagers and young adults. Totally, totally different. And because I know everything happens for a reason and I don't believe in regret, I'm grateful that I have this job. I don't regret that I had it, no matter how much stress, no matter, you know, how, <laughs> as I experience um anxiety, you know, stress hives for the first time in my life. I don't regret any of it. And I'm so thankful for an opportunity to learn so much. I believe that there is a a deep purpose, a deep purpose for me learning what it is that I've learned while being here. I do. Without a doubt. I believe that there is a reason. There's a purpose. And I'm grateful for it. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to stay in Atlanta. I don't. Um, With the things that I have planned, I don't foresee myself leaving in the next four years. However, I could be wrong. (laughs) I could be wrong. Who knows what's going to happen in the world? But I see myself being here a little longer than I actually planned to be. Only because there are some pretty big things in the works. So I would definitely like to be a part of those things coming to fruition Uh, but yeah, the last thing I'll say is if you're listening to this and you feel like how my father said that he felt, you know, where he didn't have the courage, where there was a a fear that was holding him back, I implore you to look a little deeper. I implore you to search the depths of who you are and begin to ask yourself the question of why, why am I scared to move forward? Why am I afraid? Why don't I believe that I'll survive? You know? Because the truth is, no one down here in my life right now in this moment are people that I knew before I moved here. None of them. When I first moved down here, I moved with somebody who I'd known for many years. Then he moved. Then one of my closest friends moved down here. I had him and another one of my friends from Baltimore. Don't speak to either of them anymore. So everyone that I have down here are all people that I met while living here. Totally new friendships, you know? And these people are my family. You feel me? So don't have a fear that you won't be able to create community no matter where you go. You are absolutely capable of it. Also, no matter who you are, if you need to talk this out, I don't care who you are. My hand to God. I don't care who you are. You could be a total stranger that I've never talked to before. If you just need somebody to talk this through with, DM me. Please. I'm so serious right now. Because I just want people to live their best life. I really, really want people to live their best life. And we're all flawed. And we have all had some really messed up times in life. But this is one thing I can say. When I leave this earth, I'm going to be so happy that I never allowed myself to be so afraid that I couldn't move forward. And I want that for you. No matter who you are listening right now. And you don't have to be single. You know, 
Families can make that move too. One partner can say to another, you know what? I love you enough that I can get, you know, me and the kids, we can go because we know this is what it is that you want. Maybe you've shown up for your partner. You've done some amazing things and let them know that you're in their corner. So they don't mind doing that for you now, you know? This doesn't have to just be a I'm single with no kids type thing. Make life happen. Don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid. And again, like I said, my DMs are open. If you need somebody to talk to, run ideas over about what it is that you can possibly do, let's make it happen. Honestly. Three years. I can't wait to see what happens next. Honestly. Three years. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, (laughs) It seems so small in the grand scheme of things, but as I said at the beginning of this particular segment, it's very, very significant to me. And with that being said, we're going to get into our next song, which is my absolute favorite, favorite song by one of the best artists out there as far as I'm concerned. If you've never seen her live, you need to see her immediately. Her name is Erica Badu. The song is called I Want You. Enjoy. Oh, I, 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 I,
And now it is time for good news. 
And I'm gonna keep this good news short because clearly I've proven to myself I'm incapable these days of recording a podcast sh- shorter than an hour. <laughs> what? I'm like, I'm so confused. I'm like, dude, did I really talk that much? <laughs> it doesn't feel like it should be even close to an hour. I swear this time around, I really did think this episode was gonna be like a smooth 30 minutes. Who knows? Anyway, uh, my good news is the beauty of uh, random acts of kindness random acts of kindness i'm seeing it all over the place i'm seeing it on social media i'm seeing it in my day-to-day life i have been a part of it you know uh those who have been a part of the misfit universe for years now who have been you know part of my company revolution and my wellness brand the love movement like you guys know i'm all about paying it forward and putting out good energy into the universe and selflessly giving back to others you know and so it's been amazing it has been good news great news to see so many people doing it the only thing that i would say is unfortunate is that we need something like a pandemic you know to make it happen we shouldn't need situations like you know hurricane katrina or 9 11. we don't need catastrophes to bring us together we really don't you know just out of the kindness of who we are We should be out here on a regular basis, giving, pouring into, and prayerfully being poured into, you know? It doesn't take a lot. So I implore all of you who are listening right now in the Misfit universe, please don't stop. Once we have this cure and when life goes back, well, I don't know if life will ever go back to the way it was, but when we continue in what seems to be normalcy, please don't stop with the random acts of kindness with paying it forward, with showing love and respect to others, you know? Let's not make it negative situations that bring out the best in us. You feel me? We shouldn't shouldn't need negativity to present positivity. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that is all. That is the good news. Thank you all so, so much for listening to this episode. I'm hoping that you all are continuing to enjoy the music. I'm having so much fun being uh dj sensei <laughs> is, is that the name i'm gonna give myself i don't know dj raven dj akundayo dj akundayo actually sounds like somebody's name rambling this is how you get to over an hour <laughs> with what i'm doing right now anyway the last song that we are playing today is by one of my favorite creatives like just across the board um even though he and isa can annoy me with how they can be taking they take out so much time for themselves that they're just like screw the fans or whatever it is that they want i mentioned him earlier in the show his name is donald glover also known as childish gambino this is america misfits i love you all so so much and until next time namaste
slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull, like, yeah. We gon' blow, like, yeah. I'm whipping now. Look how I'm geeking now. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. On my Kodak. Black. Ooh, know that. I just check my follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me. Mama told me, get your money, let me.